In this week's episode of my podcast series, let's talk about self-harm. I talked to Fern, who's a parent coach. Fern coaches parents on how to have a better relationship with their teenagers. We look at the challenges parents face and how we can improve our communication and build trust with our children. We talk about the difference in parenting styles between our own parents and today's parents. We look at how we can raise independent, confident children ready to take on life and how to let go and trust that they will overcome any obstacles. Fern shares with us a vision plan that you can create to help you become more hands-off and how to let go of the need to control every aspect of your children's lives. We also talk about the importance of setting healthy boundaries. We discuss the impact of the virus and how it's affecting children as well as parents. Now we're all homeschooling and living in the same space together. And the requirement for all of us to be online, even with the therapy services. Ask your teenager, what do you need from me right now? And listen, don't try to swoop in and rescue. Encourage them to solve their problems themselves with helpful suggestions and support from you. So if you're a parent and you need to talk to someone or you have a story that you would like to share, then please message me or send me an email to shari at sharilewisonfrish.com. Thank you. And now over to Fern. Hi Fern, thank you for joining me on my podcast series, Let's Talk About Self-Harm, Parenting, Teenagers and Mental Health. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about your experience as a parent coach in the US and what the impact of COVID-19 has had on your clients. So Fern, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you became a coach. Well, Shari, thank you first for inviting me. This is really a pleasure. Uh, I have two now adult children and one of them had some very tumultuous years in high school without going into a lot of detail, we mm. were in a lot of trouble. And things spiraled out of control. We sent him to a wilderness program and then to a boarding school that was uh, family-based character education and leadership development. And that really was the turning point for us. Uh, they had a program dedicated to the parents to try to parallel what the kids were going through in this 24-7 environment was the first time I really had an opportunity to look at myself in a way that wasn't just critical and ju- being judgmental of myself. Yeah. Um, and I was a teacher at the time. I stayed teaching for about 13 years. But along the way, I was really quite dissatisfied with being in the classroom and a friend suggested that I look into life coaching. So I did. And Three months later, I was in a program, and I knew that that my uh, audience was going to be parents of teens because mm-hmm. that was my life, and it became a language that I spoke really well speaking yeah. to parents. So what does your ideal client look like? My ideal client, I say that I'm a parent coach mm-hmm. for parents of teens, tweens, and young adults. The reality is that I'd say 95% of the people that I work with are moms. Mm-hmm. So once in a while, we do have a couple and we get some really important work done, but it's really the mothers who are coming for the assistance. They're on the front lines for the most yeah. part every day. And the ideal mom 
is someone who is willing to take a look at herself because parenting is about the parents. And what I learned from my experience was you can send your child for therapy to wilderness to a treatment program of some sort or boarding school. And if that child comes home to the same home, same parents, Mm -hmm. a lot of that growth is lost. So something has to change at home. And while we may not be directly responsible for what they're struggling with, we certainly contribute to it, whether we know it or not. Yeah. So my ideal client is somebody who says, yeah, I know I have to look at myself and let's go for it. Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? (laughs) oh it's excruciating (laughs) yeah so what would you say is their biggest challenge then and and why because it's very difficult isn't it for us to take a hard look at ourselves yes um moms come with all sorts of concerns and worries anything from grades to lack of cooperation apathy uh technology overuse and all that And while we can talk about those things, what it really usually boils down to is communication. Mm -hmm. And you and I have spoken about that before. Yeah. If you don't have a relationship where your kids trust that they can talk to you without you coming in to micromanage and fix and critique, they're not going to tell you anything and they're not going to be receptive to taking direction or cooperating in any way. Yeah, that's that's that that is true. Um, so, what do you think has the role of parents changed since our parents' day, and in what ways and why? Mm. Well, the answer is an unqualified yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All any of us need to do is look back to our own upbringing, and you know, I've had parents say to me, uh, "Well, when my parents told me to do something, I did it." Or yeah. Whatever the example is, why don't my kids just do it? The reality is that we are parenting differently than our parents did. So to expect that those things will work is not realistic. Um, So our parents, and again, I'm speaking in generalizations, Mm -hmm. but our parents more often than not were busy putting food on the table. Uh, They were working hard. I know I'm quite a bit older than you, but my mom, we didn't have a washing machine mm-hmm. in the apartment. So we had to walk three blocks and I was helping with that. I would go yeah. put things in the dryer and dry everything. Um, today's kids, and maybe I'm veering off a little bit from the question about parents in particular, but today's kids, their job has become school. Yeah. And they're so distanced from the normal workings of a family. And I've been reading a very interesting book for those who, who mm-hmm. would like uh, a resource. It's called The Vanishing American Adult. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yes. I'll make a quick note of that one. Okay. Yes, The mm-hmm. Vanishing American Adult. And the focus of the well, I've only about halfway through, but the beginning of the book talks about how we went from this agricultural society. Mm-hmm. And then when this huge wave of immigration came in the early 1900s, not only did we have to acculturate all these new kids, but there weren't as many jobs available. So uh, mandating education came into play. Mm. And now the children ended up, rather than being on the farm or learning by their parents' side, seeing um, life 
rituals and rites of passage, so birth, death, learning from your elders, mm. now they were kind of, it's a strong word, but they were kind of warehoused yeah. in schools with a very rigid yeah. educational program. And this is where the adolescent experience of having your peers as your go-to people started. Oh, okay. Right? School started to take over some, well, it didn't replace, but it felt like it was taking over yeah. some of the responsibilities and the, the learning yeah. that went on at home. So this is what we've inherited only now more so with kids, our kids' ages. Um, and for whatever reason, our generation, I'd say for the past 20 years or so, we have become so invested in what our children are doing mm. that we lose ourselves. Those helicopter mums. Yes. Helicopter moms. I've been I've heard it called um curling parents. Oh the, okay. uh, <laughs> the uh Olympic <laughs> yes. sport of yeah, curling. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Well it's not just that you're pushing the stone down down the uh the, the alley there. Mm. There are the sweepers who go in front of the stones to make sure yeah, everything is perfectly smooth. No yeah. obstacles. Yeah, sanitized. So yes. So what we've done is we've taken away an enormous number of challenges and obstacles, which are the, the growth opportunities yeah. for our children. Makes us feel good because now we're confident that things are running a little more smoothly. However, what we really want is for our children to be independent and self-reliant. When we take those opportunities away, we get more of what we don't want. Yeah. We get dependent children who can't think for themselves. Again, generalizing. But they, they have difficulty thinking for themselves, problem solving, engaging, and so on. Just being responsible for their own lives. What happens when the the parents that you're coaching make that realization? Are 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 they able to be more hands off and step away from that need to control and micromanage every aspect of their children's lives? Mm -hmm. It's a good question. I'm not sure that they're unaware when they come. Some just have that malaise that says something's wrong and I don't know, and others are aware that they do too much. What we work on is taking that awareness or coming to that awareness and saying, okay, how do I break through that? Mm. Yes, I'm uncomfortable with my child making mistakes and maybe failing or, or not doing well. What are some strategies that help you take a pause and reconsider? And I'll share with your listeners. Mm. One important thing is uh, when I coach moms, we do what I call a values assessment. Mm -hmm. And there you, from a long list, you call out five or 10 of your most important values, yeah. and which also are almost the same as character traits mm -hmm. in some cases. And then you create a vision statement out of it that says, 10 years from now, my child is holding down a steady job, is, has healthy relationships, uh, is generous, and kind, has a great sense of humor. Mm. So you put this picture together, and then you have some questions to deal with. Once you have 
you know, if you're in a situation with your child and uh, it's going to take some time before you catch yourself. Yeah. So the first time it may take you three to six months until, uh, you know, where you go back and you do the do over and say, oh, my God, I didn't handle that well or I really gave the wrong message and you do it over with your child. <laughs> then uh, maybe it takes another few months until you're in the middle of a conversation. You say, wait, wait yeah. a minute. I need to change that. And then however long it takes for you to process that as you're speaking to them. And the questions that you start asking yourself are, number one, whose responsibility is this really? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Is homework my responsibility? I don't <laughs> think so. I no, don't it ain't. I eighth grade <laughs> or 11th form or however you refer to it in the UK. Mm. Um, also, is this a problem or a crisis? Crisis to me is health and safety. After that, we get to evaluate whether our involvement is really needed. Mm -hmm. So if it's a problem to be solved and, and it's your child's problem to solve, then you go on to things like, well, wow, sounds like you're in a tough situation. What can you do about it? Mm-hmm. And there you have to be very careful to watch your tone because it could, you know, the intention is good. But if you say, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to what are you going to do? Yeah. And then you step back and keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole process <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Zip the lips, Zip sit up. on your hands. Yeah. Um, so it's that whole process of where do I need to let go? You know, from the boarding school, um, there was a phrase that they used about when the going gets tough, the kids need to, oh my gosh, I just forgot it. All right. Well, it has to do with the kids need to hang on and the private parents need to back off or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've got to figure I, it out themselves. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and we do all the thinking. Some of us are doing too much thinking for our children, so they don't have to. Yeah. And mom ends up carrying the whole thing. Mm-hmm. No, that's so, that's so, so true. Um, so what, kind, what are the different types of coaching then that you offer? Oh, thank you for that. I do one-on-one coaching with either a mom or a couple. I've had a couple of occasions that I've worked with a dad, but that's very alone, mm-hmm. but that's very rare. So there's one-on-one coaching. I do have a full 16-week program where I actually created a curriculum that goes along with it. So we tackle um, independent learning of certain topics as we're doing the coaching. But we're always talking about all the skills and all the perspectives in there. And again, the, the three constants in everything that we do are communication, relationship building, and the, the all-important boundary setting. Yeah. Right. And I also, this just this week, uh, launched a membership for Mothers of Teens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's relatively small group right now, which is nice because we have several calls a month and materials that I'm sending them. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. It's it's a very intimate group um, and a great group of moms. I couldn't have asked for better. Yeah. And how long does that last for, that 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 particular program? Yeah. That's ongoing. It's going to be, people can sign up for a year at a time or monthly. Mm. 
Um, yeah, so they may be in for two months and decide it's really not for them or they don't have the time to devote to it. And that's great. We all do what we can when we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can sign up for a full year. Mm-hmm. So what does the day in the life of a parent coach look like? I think every day is a little bit different, but there are clients to speak to. There's uh, the roadmap membership program that I'm still creating materials for. I do a lot of writing. Um, mm. For seven, for six or seven years, I was sending out a newsletter almost every week. So there would be either tips or full-length articles there, and that takes a fair amount of my time. But I discovered that I enjoy it. Mm. So well, it's creative, isn't it? It is, and I get to use it in different uh, to repurpose it, right? So it goes to my newsletter, it goes on social media, there are certain publications that my articles have appeared in, and other websites. Mm. It's nice. I, I never thought I would get that much satisfaction out of it. Mm. And um, I know that we've got, obviously, the, the current um, pandemic, but do you have opportunities? Is it all just online? Or pre-COVID, was it that you actually um, visited parents in their homes, maybe? I did not visit them in their homes for a while. I did have office space, uh, and obviously with COVID, that doesn't work anymore. However, honestly, my clients come from everywhere, so most of my work was online. That's just the reality of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And as for the challenges that families are facing right now, the issues that parents are having or that children and, and teens are having, most of them were there before COVID. Mm-hmm. It's just been exacerbated by the pandemic. So we really do go back to uh, the foundations yeah. of parenting. Um, obviously, kids are spending a lot more time online with pandemic online learning, which is incredibly challenging for everyone. Mm. Um especially when we want our kids to spend less time in front of the screen. (laughs) Um, But that's just, that's just what we've got. And uh, yeah. So it's in in that sense, other than the screen time life is, you know, the the difficulties are what they were before. Your kids haven't changed overnight Mm. because of the pandemic. Most of them at least. Okay, it's probably just heightened the anxiety, perhaps, for those that are yes. already struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you even with your parenting, are you seeing then um, teenagers that are struggling more with their mental health? Or is it the parents more that are struggling? It's both. Uh, some of the parents have been talking to me about because their even though their children's relationships often took place online, whether it was uh, social media or video gaming where they could interact with each other, uh, texting. Very few of them actually speak on the phone anymore, so mm. it really was mostly digital. But the fact that they're not in school, and even though schools have been gradually opening up in the States, we are headed into another spike yeah, of COVID. So 
this lack of interaction and just being in the same space as their peers is really taking a toll. They're almost desperate to be online more because of that. Their worlds have, it's difficult as it is for us. I think it's even more difficult for them. Their lives have, yes, they have very young, short lives so Mm. far. Yeah. And everything they know has been turned upside down. They don't have the years of experience through adversity and upheavals that we have yeah so it's it's unusually hard for them and yes more of them are uh seeing therapists or having an intervention of some kind Mm. and i really didn't think that i would see an uptick mostly because of finances but i really didn't think i would see an uptick of parents at this point and i have coming for coaching or for the the online group Mm. which is good so they're sort of like trying to get as much help as they can really to cope with the situation that they're in yes yes very much so yeah Mm -hmm. and is is the support um in the states out there for the teenagers would you say it's 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 good for those that are struggling with mental health because i know your medical care medical care system is well it's different. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's controversial, so I won't go into that part. Um, yeah, so, you know, we have things like approved providers and, you know, what insurance does and doesn't cover. Also, most of it is online as well. Yeah. And to have a child sitting in front of a screen to talk to a therapist that they, ha- they haven't even developed a relationship with yet, it's very awkward. Mm. It's really awkward. Adults don't have don't have that issue right now because we're used to the face to face, and and adapting to whatever comes up. But the kids are really having a hard time with that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah strange strange times. So yeah. what what do you think? Um, knowing what you know today, is there anything that you would do differently? When you started okay. out, almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, as as we shared earlier, I have people in my world who have children my age or older, and they say to me, "Boy, I wish I'd had you twenty years ago." And my response to them is, "Me too. I wish I'd had me twenty years ago because the difference in what I've learned between then and now is immeasurable." And uh, if I had only known then what I know now, would things have gone differently? No way to know. But mm. I might have been able to cope better yeah. with what was happening. And and that's a big part of this too. You know, we haven't talked about self care, which is much more than pampering. Yeah. Okay. Self care is about recognizing that you matter and prioritizing your needs without depriving anyone else of something essential. How do we help our children understand that maybe a certain time of day is off limits? And I'm talking about the teenagers, not the little ones. Yeah. You know, certain times of day are off limits that um, we're allowed to set a boundary and say, if you need X, Y, Z from me, I'm available from 
yeah. this time to this time. Otherwise, don't even bother. I'm not going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, their worlds have revolved around us for so long and ours around theirs. Uh, it's it's time. It's time. In fact, I think it was in this book I mentioned, The Vanishing mm-hmm. American Adults. He gave a great uh, metaphor and he said, the training wheels have to come off. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's good. And we have to do the dismantling of yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. So what would be your advice to the parents listening out there? What would be your your advice for them? You know, the number one thing that comes up for me is, well, it's a couple of things that come up as number one. So I guess it's <laughs> one, two, and three. But um, focus on what you can do today. I, I, along with many other moms, have been the master of catastrophizing. Something goes wrong, and in zero to 60 seconds, we've gone from a problem to a disaster. Yeah. That takes away our ability to calm down, to think clearly and thoughtfully, and to problem solve when we're ready to do it. Otherwise, we're just on that hamster wheel of thoughts that are spinning out of control. So as much as you can, remind yourself that uh, your greatest power is in now. Uh, There's, I don't know if you're familiar with Louise Hay. Oh, yes, absolutely. Her affirmations, yeah. Yes. Um, She said, your power is in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And that has stuck with me. So the power is in the present moment. Use that. Also remember that most things are not crises. They're problems to be solved, Mm -hmm. as we mentioned before. And nurturing the relationship, which relies upon the communication skills, but nurturing that relationship, because it's not about whether or not you're your child's friend. It's Mm. not that kind of relationship that we're talking about. Um, If... There's no trust, then there's no cooperation, there's no sharing, there's no coming to you when there's a problem. So without that relationship, whatever it looks like, it doesn't have to be all warm and mushy for everybody. Yeah. But it's the trust it's the trust factor there. Mm-hmm. So when your children trust that they can come to you with a problem or that they say something and and again you say sounds rough. What, what do you need from me? Oh, yeah. Here's another tip. Right? If parents want some questions to ask, mm-hmm. what do you need from me right now? Yeah. And if they don't know, you can offer suggestions and say, a hug, problem solving. Um, mm. Do you just want me to leave you alone? It's okay. Yeah. And that's our way of building their emotional intelligence about what works for them. And that also creates that trust that you truly are listening to them. Right? Yeah. So, no, yeah. that's that's really good, Fern. That that's invaluable, and um, yeah, very true. Yeah, we have to mm-hmm. sort of like I think it helps when we see, try to see our teenagers as adults, mm-hmm. and and have the conversation based at that level. Yes, and to. And in that way, we're gradually handing over autonomy mm. and, and empowerment to them. 
when they realize they have a say in their own life and recognizing this works for me and that doesn't. Yeah. 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 And that's what we want. Ultimately, exactly. Ultimately. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Fern, thank you so much for taking your, the time out to speak to me. It's been wonderful. You've given some great um, insight and um, invaluable advice there for the parents. So if anyone um, wanted to contact you, then how could they contact you? Oh, great. Um, they can visit my website. Mm -hmm. It's fernweiss.com, F-E-R-N-W-E-I-S, fernweiss.com. And if they'd like to email me, it's fern at fernweiss.com. Mm -hmm. There's also a link on the site to mm -hmm. do that. Okay. Lovely. Yes. And I do offer I do offer a complimentary consultation, mm -hmm. which is really just about the person who calls. It's not a sales pitch. Yeah. It's how can I help? Let's get you started. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much, Fern, and all the best with oh, your business. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.